Jesus owns the world because he bought and paid for it. We talked about that last week. He owns the church because he bought and paid for it. I don't know if I should trust you with this, but I'm going to let you hold the world in your hands this morning. Uh, how many baseball fans in the uh, baseball, softball, one few, like three of you? Okay, good. So the first illustration is just going to like fall flat on like 90% of you. So I'll just set the stage with this for those of you who maybe don't like baseball. Growing up, I liked math. I know that, that gets an even smaller audience, right? Uh, I liked baseball because I stunk at it. But I liked it because I could, you know, re get the baseball cards, read all the stats on the back and all that, you know, all that geek stuff. Um, a few of you are nodding your heads with that, so I'm glad that I'm not the only one tracking with that. Um, it's just cool to see how God uses science and numbers to show forth his glory. Do you have that Field of Dreams? Did it download? Maybe. Okay, awesome. How many of you had a chance to either see the highlights or saw there was a Field of Dreams game? Okay, a few of you. Okay. Growing up, I loved that movie. You know, the baseball players come out of the come out of the cornfield and and it's just a magical moment. You got to see the recreation of this magical moment. And it got me to thinking about what we're talking about this morning because while that was a cool moment, and while that was an amazing thing to see these players come out of the cornfield, the only thing more amazing than that was to see the Yankees lose that game. Uh, the only thing more amazing. Um, by the way, I don't know if you know, there was a little local flavor in that game. There was a guy by the name of Lance Lynn. A few of you might know who Lance Lynn is. Lance played in the regionals for Brownsburg in 99. Oh, you were on the same team. Okay, so you, all right. Fair enough, I did not know that. So I would have referenced you instead of Lance this morning, but of course Lance was actually on the mound and playing the game, so I guess that's why I referenced him this morning. Um, Lance Lynn played in that game. Um, he got to be a part of it, not because of some mythical, magical thing, but because of one very simple, singular reason is because he played baseball according to the rules of baseball, and that game was, as much as it was cool and a cool experience, it was one of 162 normal regular season games. I know they're playing a few less this year, but it was, it was one of those games. There was nothing more special about it than the other. This morning we're going to talk about a concept that Christ plus nothing equals salvation. If you will, read with me the first few verses there in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, or not 1, 2, sorry. I, I, I went back in time. Please check these out. We'll be in Colossians 3 next week. So uh, Colossians 1, or 2, verse 1. For I want you to know how great of a struggle I have for those in Laodicea and for those who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all fullness of the assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are all the hidden treasures of wisdom 
and knowledge. For I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in the body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and goodness of and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you that you allow me uh, to share your word this morning. Lord, I pray that any words that are mine might be erased, but any words that are yours might be eternal. And Lord, we just praise you for everything that you'll do in this house this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. What is this? Softball. Why'd you know it was a softball? It's big. It's yellow. It's a little different to hit. It's a little different to throw, right? If you saw it from a distance and it was white, could you mistake it for a baseball? If you saw it from a distance and it was white, I'm sorry I couldn't find a white softball. I should ask all you softball people. Somebody would have had a white softball, but I only had a bright neon one because I have boys, so we don't really play softball. We can mistake things for what they aren't in life, can't we? I've got some real baseballs, and we're going to pull those out here in just a couple minutes. Um... This won't be a cool ball to catch because nobody really wants, softball players might want it. But um, What the Bible is teaching in the first part, uh, those first five verses, is Paul wanted them to be knit together in God's love and not in worldly philosophy. Not in worldly philosophy. I want to focus on verse 4. It, it says, well, I'm sorry, go back to verse, the end of verse 2. It says, being knit together in love, reaching all the fullness of assurance of the understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Who's he want us to know about? Christ. Who's important in our life? Christ. But then it, it throws us a curve. He says in verse 4, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. No one may delude you with plausible arguments. What's a plausible argument? It's like a big phrase, isn't it? Anybody ever listened to a story and you thought that it might be true, but then there was some hook and you figured out when you heard the hook it wasn't true? You ever heard that? Something sounds really good. But then it turns a different way. I imagine Johnny has a few stories like that. Do you? <laughs> Sound really good? I've got a few stories like that too. Uh, they're not the drowning story. That was legitimately true and, and can be attested to, as Jason wanted to reference on me uh, this morning. Uh, I want you to realize something when it comes to salvation. The Bible is what's true. Not what we think. We're going to get into what we think here in just a minute. The Bible is what's true and not what we think. Salvation and the whole 
second chapter here, we're going to deal with what salvation is and what salvation isn't. Because last week we talked about how uh, the Jews had an idea that we're in the church, what salvation is. And those that worshiped in the pagan temples had an idea of what salvation is. But what Jesus said is salvation is the key thing. Verse 6, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus our Lord, so walk in him, rooted and build it up in him, that are established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding thanksgiving. See to that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him is the whole fullness of deity dwelling bodily and you are filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority was that the key verse of rooted i don't even know so i'm I'm asking you guys was that verse covered and rooted at all i know i'm giving you all like homework from six months ago so I hate it when, like, y'all ever have teachers in school that, you know, first, first lesson in the fall, they're like, y'all remember what we learned in May? And you're like, mm. <laughs> that summer break was coming? That's what I learned. Um, let's go back to it then. It says, we're rooted, built up, established in this faith just as you were taught. Then it says, make sure that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit according to human tradition. There are all kind of ideas about how to follow Jesus in our present world, right? All kind of ideas. You know, if I just fast enough, pray enough, do enough, read enough. You ever ask someone if they're saved before and they tell you when they got baptized, uh, when they've made this work, or they'll tell you that they're really trying hard? Or they'll tell you Jesus was a prophet. There's all that in there, isn't there? Say, what's the point of the softball? The point of the softball is this. If I put that softball in Lance Lynn's hand in the game and I had him pitch that softball, would would it have been a baseball game that counted? No. Because softball isn't baseball, right? those ideas that are close. Softball is a game close to baseball. Would you agree with that? You two play It's close, right? But it's different because you pitch different. My wife pitches a mean drop ball. And before I met her, I had no idea what that meant. And I learned something new. I'm going to go ahead and toss this to you because otherwise I'm going to be playing with it the rest of the service. Um, But softball isn't baseball. Knowing who Christ is, doing good works, isn't Christianity. Knowing that we can't do it. Knowing that he's done it all for us. Knowing that as the Bible says there in verse 9, for in him the whole fullness of of deity dwells bodily. In him. Not in us. We can't be good enough. It's kind of funny how those themes prevail, isn't it? We can't be good enough. There's nothing we can do. Every power is given by Him because every power is in Him. 
You ever been stuck in a sin you couldn't get out of? You ever been stuck in a life rut that you couldn't get out of? You ever been there before or am I the only one? Okay, a few of you have been there before. The only way to get out of that pattern is putting your faith and trust in Christ. Not only for salvation, the message this morning, the theme of the message this morning is what is true and false about salvation, but I want you to get something on a deeper level when it comes to spirituality. Anything you try in your own power isn't going to work. It's just not. Been there, done that, I've got the t-shirt. Not only do I have the t-shirt, I've worn it so much that it's got spots on it that prove that it didn't work, right? Been there? You try the same dumb thing in your marriage, it doesn't work. You try the same dumb thing in your home life, it doesn't work. Try the same dumb thing in your works, you try the same dumb thing in your relationships, and it doesn't work because it's not out of God's word. His word shows us what works, doesn't it? But where we get caught up on, we get caught up on the symbols. We get caught up on the symbols. I'm going to dig in here and make sure I get the right one. I had a blessing yesterday. I, I could never get to the store to buy myself. I, I, I knew I had a baseball that would have worked perfect for the message, and I couldn't find it in my house. And so I just started messaging random people like, can I borrow a baseball? So I ended up with like bunches of baseballs this morning. Uh, I got one. Uh, guy gave me this. His, his grandpa coached Little League. It's a Little League ball. Going back on that mound, if I handed Lance Lynn a Little League ball and he played with it, looks a lot closer, doesn't it? But it isn't it, is it? A Little League ball, I threw this just to test it out. It's got a little different spin to it. Okay, I think it's got a little more pop to it, but I didn't have anybody to pitch to me, so I couldn't prove that it had a little more pop. I might have been able to get it, you know, past the second baseman, unlike the major league ball. And that's where it gets a little more personal. Verses 11 down through verse 17, because this is where we're going to find ourselves sometimes. In whom you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, which you were also raised with him into the faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who are dead in the trespasses of your uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all of us our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal documents. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame, triumphing over them in him. Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. I won't do the illustration of circumcision this morning. That would make us all a little uncomfortable, wouldn't it? Okay, I'm not going to go there. I'll say we're one of the few cultures outside of Jewish culture in the history of the world that's practiced it. Which means most believers who have ever walked the face of the earth weren't circumcised. 
at all physically. So we're obviously, God's talking about a, a spiritual circumcision here, right? He's not only talking about a spiritual circumcision, he's talking about a spiritual baptism. I've never opened this thing up. Okay, and there's a mic sitting on top. I'm just going to peek in. Okay, there's water in there, right? How many of you have seen somebody baptized in there? Okay, a few of you have seen somebody. You know that's where we would baptize somebody, right? If that symbol did anything, wouldn't it be real easy just to put a sign up at the edge of the road? Baptisms here. That symbol can't be that. It's close, right? Because that's the picture. We're buried with him in baptism. Christ himself got baptized. But if you're relying on your baptism outside of faith in Jesus, get the point there? Outside of faith in Jesus, again, you ought to be baptized. I'm excited. Jason told me there's some people here that need to get baptized. I'm excited that if the Lord works things out in the next few weeks, we'll be able to do some baptisms. But they're symbols, right? That's all. Physical circumcision and baptism were replaced with spiritual circumcision and baptism. The book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 11 and verse 12, it says, no, wrong reference. Oh, there there you go, Matthew 3, 11. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming is altogether mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And the reason I had that verse referenced is this. Sometimes we just get things confused in our mind, right? The Bible has two kinds of baptism. One, the second we get saved. And two is that picture which unites us with the church. It's close. It's the little league ball, right? We like to play with the little league ball. The reason we like to play with the little league ball is because it's something that we see that's tangible. We can touch it. It's part of us. Somebody want? Did you play little league? Yeah. Would you take that for me? Thank you. Caught it on the. I, I like how you caught that. Um, Anybody recognize this logo? Indianapolis Indians, right downtown there. I won't get into any of the politics of it because that's not the point of the message. Uh, we go further in. Verse 16, let no man pass judgment on you of questions of food or drink or festival or new moon or Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come. They're not the things that come. They're a shadow of the things that come. They're close, right? You see a guy playing triple-A ball, he's close, right? But it's not there. It's a shadow of what's to come. We're going to read the on down through verse 23. Y'all are tracking with me this morning. I appreciate it. There's some stuff to chew on here this morning. I know this isn't like the, the fun message where I get to douse 500 pennies on Jason. I mean, that was probably the most fun I've had in church all month. I'm sure it was for Jeff, too. Uh, 
Well, when you go through a whole council of God, you got to eat your, your greens along with the fun stuff and the dessert that you get to do. Uh, there in verse 18, let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind and not holding fast the head of who the whole body nourished and knit together through his joints and ligaments grows and with a growth from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why as if you were still alive to the world do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to all things that perish as they use according to human precepts of teachings. These indeed have an appearance of wisdom and promoting of self-made religion and asceticism and severity of the body, but they have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. He's dealing here not with the Jews, he's dealing with the pagans. What do the pagans say? The pagans said, keep the new moons, go to the festivals, be, be at the secular worship today's society we would define that in all kinds of ways you know we 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 define that by the way i'm going to say all things that might or might not be necessarily good things but all things that are not god things um we 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 take the idea of meditation well maybe that'll help me maybe that'll center me by the way there's nothing wrong with that but realize if you're not meditating on christ you're not If you leave yourself alone with your mind, there's some nasty things in there. Sometimes being alone with your thoughts is the worst place you can be. Um, so many of those man-made ideas, what did they worship? You say, man, this must have been some kind of, you know, sometimes we picture first century Christians unlike us, but they were. And we picture first century society not like us, and they were. What they worship? What were their their idols? Their idols that they worshipped there, we, we dealt with Diane. That was like a fertility goddess. You know, they, they had prostitutes in the temple. That's what they worshipped. Do we worship that today? Yeah. Much as I would like to believe the Bible's the most looked up thing on the internet, what is? Everybody in the room knows, right? Top 10 visited websites in the world every day are porn sites. Every day. They get even worse when they're like major. I think there was a presidential debate that tracked ahead of it once for like an hour. And the whole internet broke because of that. They worshipped the same kind of things we worshipped. They worshipped pleasure. They got caught up in ideas. It says they insisted on asceticism. What's that? That's artistic worship. They got hung up in this particular area. He's dealing with angels. They worshiped angels. How many TV shows, movies have come out with ideas of angels that are contrary to God's word that are popular? Tons, right? Everybody has their one they're thinking of, depending on your generation. Some of you older people like me are thinking of Michael Landon. Um, some of you are going to Twilight or all the kind of, you know, newer stuff on angels. 
man-made ideas. What were the man-made ideas? Verse 21, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. They thought, if I fast, if I don't eat this kind of meat, if I celebrate these festivals... You know, I know some Christians that don't celebrate Christmas and Easter. Isn't that crazy? Are they saved? Yeah. I just don't believe in celebrating holidays. According to the Bible, that's okay. I think it's kind of weird because I like getting Christmas presents, but you know. <laughs> and I, I like the Easter Bunny making me fat uh, with all the chocolate and all the goodies that you don't get every day of the year. We get caught up in that because we get caught up in the false ideal that the diet we have, the exercise plan we have, the self-care we do will give us the things that only Christ can give us. Again, everything I talked about, there's nothing wrong with them, but you have to realize where the source is. So what it comes down to is this. Levi, you want to have a ball? No, I didn't think you would. David, thank you. Have a ball here, Major League ball, autographed by a guy by the name of Juan Perez. I, I had to look up who Juan Perez was. He was 2-8 and eight with about a ADRA. He was one of my friends uh, that I borrowed the ball from, his daughter's best, one of the players she really liked when he played for the Indians. So that's the history of him. I had no idea. So I just told you pointless history from the pulpit. Some of you are like, why in the world are you even bothering? Well, I had to look it up, so you all have to endure it if I have to look it up. That's, that's just the truth. But the point of it is, remember, whose world is it? It's God's world, right? It's his rules. Lance Lynn pitched with this ball. It counts, right? It counts because Christ makes it count. I want to focus on the big idea, and then we'll be done. What's our big idea for the day? The world has so many different ideas. Good works, baptism, all kind of spiritual practices. Uh, there, there have been several studies out the last the last few years that talk about how our nation has become less godly and more spiritual, right? Because we're all seeking that connection, but we don't know what the connection actually is. What's the connection? The connection is the world has so many different ideas of what and how salvation comes, but Jesus has the only real answers. How are you saved? That's what I'm going to close with this morning. How are you saved? By faith and trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And repenting, which means turning away from your sin. By the way, he gives you the power to do that. What do you do first? You believe. Why? Because your belief drives you to salvation. And who draws you anyway? He does. We get so messed up on that, don't we? We think we can do so much. I, I talked about this last Sunday, and, and I'll hit it again today. The gospel will always do what it's sent out to do. 
if we go out to spread the gospel and we just are faithful to what God's Word says every week, He'll do the work. We don't have to. But let's not get mixed up in religion. Let's not teach people that man-made ideas will work because they don't. And you say, I, I'm here this morning. I've trusted Christ as my Savior 30, 40 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago. That's great. For those of you who say that, I want you to focus on the last verse there, verse uh, 23. Says these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and promoting self made religion and aestheticism and severity of the body, but they have no value stopping the indulgence of the flesh. How many of you are saved, but you still fight with your flesh? Okay, everyone not raising their hand is a liar. All right, awesome. Um, we all do. I hopefully it's a one out of ten, but it's it's on the scale, right? Some days it's a one, some days it's a nine, some days it's a ten depending on what's going on, what's put in front of you. We rely on Christ for our salvation, but what's the message to Christians? We are to keep repenting. Boy, that was good Friday night. We talked about kind of that idea of continually repenting. If you're not in a Thrive group, get in one. If you like being stupid, go to it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you want serious Bible study, yeah, just no. You got a good Bible study in both groups. Uh, Different perspectives, which is awesome, because that's we need diversity in the body. But Christ can fix your problem. Christ is the one that can give you victory over your flesh. Seek that victory. In just a minute, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. By the way, you all did a great job this morning. You all do a great job every week. I've been impressed with the worship here. I've been impressed with the worship here because it's focused there. Okay. And when we do that, I want you to do one of two things. If you're not saved, and I know we assume in a room because we look around and we say we see a bunch of familiar faces, we assume... Everyone is saved. But let me tell you, in a room this size, I'm guessing there's somebody that didn't. I'm guessing there's somebody with head knowledge and not heart knowledge. I'm guessing there's somebody in this room counting on something they've done. And if you're that somebody, today's the day. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about how you might be saved. And if you're a believer here this morning, you're struggling. Realize the God of your salvation is also the God of your victory. <laughs> He's the God that wants to deliver you, but you just need to put your faith and trust in Him. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You. I thank You for this time. I thank You for using Your Word. Lord, I pray that my ramblings didn't get in the way. But Lord, I just pray that you would help us as we go into this time. Lord, deal with us according to your word. Lord, help us to love you as we ought. Lord, and I just pray that no one would leave here today without at least talking to someone about how to be saved if they've never taken that free gift of your salvation. Amen. If you want to stand and sing this last song with us.
in prayer. Dear God, Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you for the truth that is in it. Lord, again, we pray that if there's one here that doesn't know you, that Lord, before they walk out that garage door or the door, Lord, they come to the realization they need you. Lord, we just ask that as we go out this week, that we can tell the masses about you and what you have done in our lives. Lord, we just love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to join us on this podcast from Church on the Rock here in Brownsburg, Indiana. If you would like any more information about our church family, our pastor, or where we meet, please visit our website, www.churchontherockbb.com.